Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY. Dan Straffer, Mike Blewett. Along with you this morning, Sean Engel behind the glass. We have a ton to get to. We'll talk NFL Combine. We will talk, uh, of course, about uh, the prospects therein. And we will talk uh, throughout that with Emery Hunt. He'll be back uh, throughout this offseason getting us ready for the Combine and the draft. Uh, We will talk to him in the second hour. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk NBA. We will talk Major League Baseball. But Mike... We have a, a fun, well, fun story. Is it fun? It's fun for me, but I don't know if it's fun for the New England Patriots. How are you doing this morning before we jump into the fray that is Bob Kraft? I'm doing okay, doing better than you. I know you got some uh, family uh, illness issues Cootie, that you're cooties. dealing with. We I, call them cooties. I, I dealt with, yeah, I dealt with them all week. So um, when the kids are on vacation and they're sick, it's never that fun because they go absolutely nuts. So uh, good to be on with you this morning. You know, the Bob Kraft thing is obviously going to blow up into a really big deal. I, I think it's one of those things that it sells a whole bunch of uh, advertising in the 48 hours after the story comes out, and then it fizzles out, and we'll see what the NFL will do. I will say, though, that if Bob Kraft is – I'm sure he'll end up just paying a fine. There'll be a claim. And honestly, Brandon Marianne Lee, who's a friend of mine, and uh, she's on Sirius XM and uh, yep. a good fantasy analyst in her own right, she sent, out, she sent out a tweet that went pretty viral. Like it's uh, – and the real story here, because she was getting annoyed at people making jokes of it, is that this is involving sex trafficking. It's a really massive right. sting to flush out – the trafficking of sex workers that are held against their will in uh, horrible conditions. So that's really the larger story, and it it is uh, has spun off from a an award winning piece in the Miami Herald by I'm sorry I can't remember the writer's name right now, but she exposed a massive sex traffic ring in Florida, and this investigation is as a result of that. So. Score one for journalism. Now, uh, that is the real story. But in our context, it seems is ridiculous. It, is it that Sarah Blasky? Sarah Blasky? Uh, I'll double check. I'll double check on okay. it. But we'll make sure that we get it. I, that, that may be right. But um, nonetheless, if from an NFL perspective, this is going to be – I'm sure Bob Kraft will end up paying a fine. They're denying that he engaged in any legal in any illegal activity. On the flip side, the Vero Beach Police Department or Jupiter County Police Department are or whatever it is are stating that they have video 
uh, of him engaging in illegal activity. So bottom line, it's a misdemeanor. He'll end up paying a fine. He's not serving any jail time. It's not that kind of thing. He wasn't involved in the sex trafficking ring. But from an NFL's perspective, they hold their executives and owners to a higher standard than even the players. And Jim Irsay saw a six-game fine and a six-game suspension and I think a $500,000 fine. So I think Bob Kraft could be in that range. Unfortunately, the Patriots have been in hot water organizationally in the past. So don't be shocked if the suspension and or the fine are greater than that. It's uh, <clears throat> going to be a <clears throat> interesting story to track from that perspective. What the NFL does, Goodell and Patriots fans are not exactly warm and fuzzy to begin with. Um, and to your point about uh, tweets that were out there, I, I do think that it was very easy um, and pretty predictable that Pats fans would almost uh, prop up Bob Kraft, uh, you know, would, would uh, uh, make him uh, a, a hero here. And I agree with your assessment that in the end, his involvement here is minimal. Um, it's more the larger story that needs to be talked about from a media perspective. Um, what type of process was involved with these acts um, and the solicitation and who was being used for them? And that is a huge deal and something that has been exposed before in the past, Mike, around sporting events. How big a deal this is um, that, you know, the Super Bowl, college uh, finals, uh, the bowl games, the World Series, like, this becomes a whole thing that needs to be exposed and brought to the light. And uh, hopefully this will help to diminish these sort of things. Um, but I, I will say, to your point about Twitter, I managed to retweet, simply retweet a reporter saying that Bob Kraft's name wasn't the biggest name involved, that there was going to be yeah. somebody else coming. And I have had my notifications going nuts for the last 24 hours. Not even a tweet of my own. Just retweeting, being one of the first to retweet that story, people are digging in on this. Like, this is going to be that sort I've of seen the names the thrown out there. I, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a certain <laughs> golfer that lives not far away from there that everybody wants to be the big name. Um, I, I don't know why the police department does stuff like this because they're just stoking yep. the fires of the yep. media frenzy. They should know better than that. Um, but there we are. There, I mean, there's a lot of things that people think are funny about it. In the end, this is a sex trafficking sting, so nothing funny about that, obviously. But people are wondering why a six billion a guy worth six billion dollars would go to a place like this, and uh, there's people defending him, saying nobody knows anything. Maybe it was just a legit massage. Uh, I don't know. It's you know to your point about like how the sex industry bubbles up around sporting events and around sports. Now, I've definitely seen that firsthand. I've been to Final Fours, and yep. I got dragged to a gentleman's club one time when I was in Atlanta for the Final Four, and it was the most packed place I had ever been in in my life. It, and I was like, yep. I immediately turned around and walked out. Um, I, I really do want to be there in the first place. You ever, you ever get like put in one of these scenarios? Look, I'm an Absolutely. adult. I could have said no. I don't really want to go, but it was a work situation. I was with people, and we went. And I, I, I got the sense that it wasn't going to be fun at all, and I was right because it was just a packed place. And it just goes to show you that like during events like that, people get together, go to places like that, whether it's a gentleman's club or uh, an illicit massage parlor, and you know have fun 
with their friends. I put that in quotes. Um, it's not something I'm up to. <laughs> I, so I can hear it. I don't, I I don't ever have to worry about it. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I just wouldn't put myself in that position. I'm surprised Bob Kraft may have. Even if Bob Kraft was getting a legit massage, which I don't buy, just telling you straight up, I don't really buy it. Um, but we'll see. You know, he has his day in court, so he gets to prove himself and just probably pay a fine. Uh, even if it's a legit massage, you don't have to go to those places. Well, he's, I mean, he's worth $6 billion. You could just hire a masseuse he, to come to your house. Well, he, he's worth $6 billion, and the team he owns has an entire staff right, of physical massage, therapists. Right. And like, so, listen, the craft. Uh, uh, Entourage, his spokesperson came out and said in a very specifically crafted tweet. Sorry, that was not a, meant to be a pun. Uh, in a specifically written tweet, uh, uh, statement, I should say, uh, they said that he did not engage in any illegal activity. Those are very specific words chosen for specific reasons. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to wait and see what they try to prove. There is word from the police department that they have video evidence of illegal activities by Bob Kraft. So yeah. it's going to be actually proven. This isn't uh, a he said, he said situation where it's an alleged uh, activity and they don't have anything other than witness testimony. They ha they say they have video evidence. So we'll wait to see, and we'll wait to see what happens. Until then, it's going to be intriguing to see how Goodell uh, tries to handle this. It's a mess for him. That you know, it has. Listen, I am no Roger Goodell apologist. I, I think he's done a terrible job in many instances with the NFL, but he had to have woken up Friday morning and just said, what the hell guys? What, oh, it's like, insane. I, it's totally true. I, I, I put myself in the position of being a Goodell apologist. I try not to be at all anymore because I think there's been too many public missteps by not just him, but his public relations people that surround him that put him in a bad light. Now he takes a lot of bullets for the owners. Um, it's, he's really just working for them. So I, I think there are often times where people just fire away at Goodell. I'm like, it's not really his fault in, in this one. Like, the owners could have stopped X. Like, the whole Kaepernick thing. Like, the, the irony of right. what you're saying is that he just bookended a week, which, by the way, we didn't even get into the Kaepernick thing last week. He just bookended a week where they settled with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and ended it with Bob Kraft getting arrested. So And it's... And it's February. It's a pretty bad week for Robert, for Roger Goodell, and he didn't really have anything to do with either thing. One is his personal issue. The other one, the owners really had to give guidance on the Kaepernick thing all along. Now, you say, well, well Goodell should have been stronger and he should have had – well, there wasn't a policy in place. So he was yep. really trying to not be so confrontational with the players during their entire peaceful protest. Um did he handle everything well? No. I, I don't think Roger's particularly good in press conferences either. That's part of it. A little too stiff. Uh, a little – plays it a little too – what's the word? He's a little too aloof. A little too – I can't say dishonest. It, it's difficult to pinpoint what it is. Sometimes he seems clueless, but I think he's just trying to not give the press any information. I th yeah, I think he tries to be the smartest man in the room and oftentimes is, you know, oftentimes is one of, if not the smartest people in the room. Uh, but he plays that in the press conference. Like you can feel that he is trying to manipulate 
again, manipulate might be a strong word, but to play the room and to control the room. Whereas maybe one or two more, to your point, honest answers along the way. And this is a whole different narrative for him. Uh, but now he'll need to work this out. And don't forget the Jerry Jones situation a few years back where the pictures surfaced of him with a couple of young ladies and 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 what how that well all went down and now Jones will probably have a say in how Kraft is punished and it's a mess yeah. and and the NFL has some problems has some clear problems now obviously ratings uh, people want to point to them that's not part of it ratings were fine uh, the the ticket sales are fine they're they're still making money hand over fist it's just these leaks in 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 the uh, the bow of the ship seem to be mounting uh, from a social perspective. And we'll have to keep track of it. It's a, uh, we just put out a poll over on the uh, FNTSY radio handle uh, asking what you think the most important sports story of the day is. And it's, uh, to me, the, what I, I put out the poll. Uh, so it's uh, whether or not uh, it's the combine, which is coming up soon, uh, whether or not spring training, Bob Kraft, or the NBA second half. And, Mike, I'm going to guess it's going to be Bob Kraft that people say is the most important sports story of the day. And that's crazy. Of today it is. You know, ask us on Tuesday, and we'll see. But it's certainly a bigger story than spring training and the NBA's second half. Like, people are still knocking the cobwebs off of All-Star Weekend. And, uh, you know, people just live for stories like this. There's been a million jokes that I've seen repeated uh, over and over again. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to see a suspension and a fine. They just can't have owners doing stuff like this. It's right. it's pretty amazing that they do. But when you're dealing with billionaires that have made a life by not really listening to people right, uh, other than their closest confidants, then you're going to get – you're sometimes going to get behavior like this, even from a guy that people consider to be a stand-up guy. He's like a, an associate trustee of the place where I went to school. So, uh, and it being a Catholic university, I don't think they're going to be really thrilled with something like this. So he may find himself off that board uh, soon enough. So, yeah, a lot of fallout from it. Yep, from something that's relatively minor. Like if there was no sex trafficking involved in this, people uh, for the most part you find that people are pretty liberal on that kind of stuff you would say well he's a 77 year old widowed billionaire and let him do what he wants if the if the people in the sex industry are willing participants there are many people out there that feel well it's you know there's a lot of ways to make a living and if it's regulated then they can do what they want uh, you know, it's that's a much larger topic that we're not going to cover in the final three minutes of a sports radio segment. But I think that's why some people think it's ridiculous or quote unquote funny. But at the heart of it, it's a sex trafficking investigation. And that's what's so serious about it. Absolutely. And I, I thought we would dedicate the full three hours to this topic, but I guess not. As you just no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we, could. we don't need to dive into that. We, we could and it would take a, a, on a vastly different uh, tone than fantasy sports today. But uh, we will get back on track to that uh, in the next segment. I do want to say and reiterate what Mike said, that this will probably dominate through the weekend, right? It's that sort of news cycle where we're going to get through Sunday and then something else will happen Monday. Uh, we've no, I think everyone can notice Bryce that. Harper. That are hopefully, hopefully. Bryce like Harper will knock that off the front page. You know, that's what Bob Kraft needs. He needs Bryce Harper to sign tomorrow. 
today. Yeah. I, it was a point, too, where the sports world, to me, one of the bigger stories of the week that we will talk about later and, and might be uh, George and Mike doing it because uh, uh, the whole house is sick. Everybody is sick in my house. My wife is sick. So we might play some musical chairs with, with the host here. But um, it is the pitch clock coming to Major League Baseball. Like, that's a big deal. That's a, a huge change that's been creeping along. And Rob Manfred it's and MLB have unilateral you know, ability to put that rule in place. They can just say, hey, regular season, it's there, deal with it. They're rolling it out slowly here in, in spring training, but it, it barely even registered on Friday. Jeff Passan had the story on ESPN, but from a sports Twitter, and I know that's a small ecosystem and, and it's not representative of all of sports, but your headline was Bob Kraft. You went to a Fox News or CNN or, or MSNBC. It was Bob Kraft and R. Kelly were your two lead stories. Dave Portnoy um, from Barstool oh, was on yeah, Tucker no. Carlson's show. I yeah. thought you tweeted it yesterday. It was insane. It looked like a spoof. Apparently. And I think oh, Portnoy absolutely. was playing it as a spoof. But Tucker Carlson was eating it up. It, look, if they put that together and said this is the type, let's do this type of segment, then it's pretty funny, actually. And I, I'd, I'd put, for the first time ever, I'd give a check mark to Tucker Carlson for being funny, but it really seemed like he was he was eating up everything that Dave Portnoy said. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if Tucker Carlson was in on the joke. I think that's the thing. I don't that's think he where, was. <laughs> I wonder. But uh, you can check it out. I did tweet it out yesterday with a, a question about it for sure. We're going to come back on the other side of this break. We're going to talk to Major League Baseball. We have NFL on tap. We have NBA on tap. We have George Kurtz on tap as well. Back with more after this on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Mike Blewett here on Fantasy Sports Today, talking you through the world of uh, sports. What is new and happening across all the major leagues? We have some NFL talk coming up later. Combine talk specifically with Emery Hunt. You won't want to miss out on that in hour number two. And we'll talk some NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. We turn the page from Bob Kraft to Bryce Harper. Not fair to Mr. Harper, but a story nonetheless that is worth tracking as uh, Manny Machado, Mike, signs 10-year. $300 $300 million contract. Um, you wonder where that was two months ago, but here we are. Machado got what he wanted. He liked, uh, was quoted as saying he liked the game plan the Padres have in place. They have some young talent. They have some yeah, pitching yeah. that could come through. It could be an interesting spot. What's your over-under on how long till Manny Machado is traded by the San Diego Padres? How many years <laughs> into his deal? <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Only because I wouldn't, I'm not banking on him being moved that soon only because they really do have to give it a couple of years for this plan to work out. They have a whole bunch of young outfielders plus Fernando Tatis Jr. coming in at shortstop, which 
obviously does give them a lot of positional players. Plus, it gives them some prospects to work with. Since they have, since they're money committed to Machado now, it does give them some trade bait to work with if they wanted to acquire pitching. Is say even at this year's deadline to try and make a push for the playoffs. Now, this year may not be the year that they're planning. Maybe they're looking towards next off season and the next year and a half is the way to get their team together. But, you know, they've, they've spent as much money as anybody the last two off seasons between Hosmer and Machado. So uh, they are setting themselves up by spending and acquiring young talent via the draft. You have to give them credit for building in a legit way. And they haven't done it just one way. They're utilizing both parts of how you build a team. And it is amazing to see the narratives me, around Manny Machado and he doesn't hustle and he's not that good a player and blah. blah. Listen, guys, like, I want to see you go 100% every day at work. <laughs> I want to see you, you know, whether you're in construction or you're in finance or you are in medicine or you are a waitress or you are, like, go 100% every time you walk out to a table. Get, show me that, and then you can talk about Manny Machado maybe not busting it down the line every time he grounds into a a, a, a 6-3 put out. Um, so but, yeah, all the stuff in the playoffs was a bad look, and sure. him and him just trying to defend some of his actions during the playoffs was sort of inexcusable, but I thought people were painting him with an extremely broad brush that he's a punk and he's a no-hustle player. I just never got that impression at all. As somebody that's a Yankees fan and watched most of the games of Robinson Cano's career, very often he got a rap, and he did this in big games and in playoffs for not running stuff out. At the same time, Robbie Cano was knocking out 158, 160 games a year. He was in the lineup every day. So you have to take the good with the bad. You can't say the guy isn't a max effort guy when he's going out there more than everybody else on the team to play. And he could hit. Um, he, he Robbie Cano has wild swings in his, sorry, use the wrong term, wild peaks and valleys sometimes in his production. But when he's on, he could carry an entire team for six weeks and hit 450. It was unbelievable when he was younger. And he had a flair for the way he played defense that made it look like he was jaking it. But it's just his style of play. Uh, So I, I, I equate a lot of Machado's behavior to Cano's in that way. I, I, I never, I did not paint him with the broad brush and think he was a non-hustle player. I think you get a lot out of Manny Machado. Will he be worth three hundred million? I don't know. Is anybody? We'll see. Well, that that is the question of the day, right? The the question du jour uh, as we go through free agency and Major League Baseball. Uh, have the owners colluded openly? Probably not. Have they colluded privately? Probably not. Has the statistical analysis? and changing landscape of long-term contracts caused collusion? Maybe. And and I think that's a legitimate question for the Major League Baseball Players Association. I think it's a legitimate question. You made uh, a point about Scott Boris and Bryce Harper before, which I think was before we started uh, the show. And I think that's a really lucid, you know, and, and insightful one here that these 
agents have worked a very specific way for a while now, Mike. They have yeah. gone after every dollar, and it doesn't matter the city for Boris. You said that, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. And here we are with Harper being the one who's not signed and Harper being the one who's still hanging out there. And you have to wonder, there's a, a great Washington Post article we share uh, with each other and, and we can share out on Twitter about this being the most uh, you know, disappointing seven-figure contract when all is said and done uh, for Bryce Harper because he could have stayed in Washington. You know, he could have he could have been somewhere, and now it seems like it could be the White Sox or the Giants. That's not the way this started out. Yeah, the title, it's Thomas Boswell from uh, Washington Post. The title of the article says it all. Bryce Harper and Scott Boris are on the verge of the least satisfying nine-figure deal ever. And it's probably true to some extent. Like I was saying, like Dan just sort of recapped, my opinion is that if you sign with Scott Boris, history tells you, and you don't even have to do that much due diligence, that his job is to make the most money possible for you whether it's Alex Rodriguez becoming a turncoat or Johnny Damon leaving the Sox to go to the Yankees or at myriad examples of him getting the guy the most money. You don't get to choose the city. You get to choose the money. So that's why you sign with Scott Boris, and that's what he's trying to do. Now, ironically, the market has turned on its ear over the last 16 months to a point where even Scott Boris, the greatest agent in the history of baseball, has a tough time reading it. What is complicating this is that there are some rumors, and I have to classify them as just that, that Harper isn't thrilled with the prospect of playing in Philadelphia. Right. Um, now, that's a tough rumor to be out there for a guy who may not even feel that way because he may sign with Philly, and as you know, Dan, it's a hardcore city. If you go in there saying, I don't really love playing here, but I'll just take the check, people are going to be trying to knock that smile off your face pretty quickly. So it's a tough rumor to be out there. I wouldn't doubt it if it was true, but um, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he actually feels that way. But guy's from Las Vegas. He's played. He's a young guy still. He's played in Washington his whole career, so it would be hard to get used to being in a city and maybe not your first choice. I, I don't know what his – first choice was there isn't a team in vegas but maybe wanted to play somewhere warm maybe wanted to go west coast uh we'll see what happens but the reality is you sign with scott boris to sign for the most money you don't necessarily get to choose the city and if it's chicago or san francisco that's where you gotta go i mean he's gonna set it up for you to sign on the dotted line uh but philly's got to get him now they they've set up nicely with jt real muto and dave robertson Bryce Harper would kind of complete the package of a wildly successful offseason. Yep. I I still think it's going to happen there. So do I. And I think this is all leverage and posturing. And I think in the end, Philadelphia comes through when we said it last week that for Philadelphia to make that next step, they've made all the moves to sign Bryce Harper. Right? Like, it's not Real Muto is a great ad. Segura is a great ad. McCutcheon even can be a great ad uh, if Bryce Harper's in that lineup. And then you say, Segura is a good ad. I'm I'm a big Gene Segura fan, and I think he's going to help them uh, a lot here. Um, he's banged up a lot last year, but yep. good player, good leadoff hitter. Uh, will be really solid in that park too. Like that's the other thing from a fantasy baseball perspective. Um, I'm not a big home road splits guy, but when you have a, a Citizen Bank's ball bank ballpark that is a band box that is tiny, uh, Segura and Real Muto's numbers are just going to fly off the page. Now, 
I will say, I don't want to see Harper from a fantasy perspective in San Diego or in San Francisco. San Francisco, the hardest park for a lefty hitting power, uh, lefty power hitter. Now, yes, there's a, a gentleman by the name of, you may have heard him, Barry Bonds, who absolutely decimated that park. But things have changed. They've moved walls around. The, the wind patterns have changed. But also, uh, Bryce Harper is not Barry Bonds for hopefully very clear reasons. <laughs> Uh, and I guess some cream reasons as well, but uh, that yeah. that pun worked itself out pretty easily for me. That was pretty awesome. Um, uh, you do have a few other free agents uh, beyond Harper who are intriguing. Uh, Dallas Keiko, I think, could make somebody uh, very good very quickly. Uh, Keiko's the kind of guy, and we talked about him last week, and just want to reiterate, he's not uh, a 99-mile-an-hour fireballer. He's not going out there and striking out 12. That is clear. But Keiko is a guy who's going to pitch a ton of innings, and he's going to absorb a, a lot of contact, and he's going to go out there and that's, get a lot of ground balls. That's, so, the, that's the key, though. There's two 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 reasons. It, this is my estimation, and I'm always curious why people think, and I'd love to hear your answer as to why you think he isn't signed. The number one reason is that he's got a three at the beginning of his age. That's the yep. number one reason why he's not yep. signed right now. Number two, he is a great ground ball pitcher, but teams are exceedingly getting away from that. They want swing yep. and miss guys. His strikeout to walk ratio is not very good. It's, in fact, his teammate Justin Verlander's strike strikeout to walk ratio is nearly three is more than three times what his is. So, I think teams get a little itchy about that. And if he's over thirty, he starts to lose command a little bit, and he's pitching to contact. Then if you gave him a long-term deal, which I don't think is even in the cards for him anymore. No. Like, I think he's a three-year deal guy at most. But um, and maybe maybe that's where the disconnect is. Maybe he's looking for something longer, and he just can't get it anywhere. But I would imagine his agent would, would have to pivot at this point. Reality is, I, I think those are the two things. He's 30. He's only 30. He'll be 31, I think, this season. But yep. pitching to contact is – is not in vogue right now. It just isn't. So I, I think you're spot on. And I think the biggest detraction to Keuchel is that teams realize to sign, to sign a Dallas Keuchel, you need a defensive infield. And so few yeah. teams are focusing on defense up the middle. They're looking for power up the middle. They're looking for home runs and, and uh, run production uh, from second base and shortstop these days that, you're you're you need a team that is solid defensively because you look at a team like the Philadelphia Phillies and how many of the Jake Arrieta starts they gave away because their defense was terrible. Their infield def defense was just abysmal at times when Arrieta was on the mound and specifically for Arrieta that, you know, the, the BABIP and, and all those things really rocketed up for, for Arrieta and, and he struggled. And you think of a team like the Toronto Blue Jays whose infield is going to be terrible like it when Vlad Guerrero Jr. gets up there and it should happen sometime in early May they're gonna be bad so their pitchers need to strike out opposing that like it needs to happen they, they need that to happen but they have pitchers like Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman who pitch a bit more to contact that's gonna be a bad situation to your point about Keuchel specifically we are seeing and I think Daily Fantasy has helped me see this we are seeing that the sinker, as a pitch, is going He's 31 away. already, by the way. I made a mistake. Okay. He's already 31. Okay, so uh, 31. And yeah, it is the three in front. But the sinker, as a pitch, is slowly going away. And probably not fast enough, to be honest. Because the sinker is a pitch that, when it flattens out, you are screwed. 
You are giving up power to the opposing hand, whether you're a lefty pitcher or a righty pitcher. That sinker is tailing right into the what we'll call the hot, hot zone for hitters when it's not sinking into the dirt. And so we're seeing this uh, uh, revolution uh, of uh, spin rate. And you talk about the Houston Astros, about the the grip on the curveball, the slider, the slurve, whatever you want to say. Keiko is a sinker ball pitcher, and that is also going out of vogue. So I I throw that as number three that his pitch, his you know his go to, what he does well, is becoming less and less important or less and less used in Major League Baseball and seen as a potential detraction. So I think I personally think it would be amazing to see him go to Minnesota. I think Minnesota is a team that could make some noise this year with the signings they've made. I, I know they no one loves Marlon Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, they just bring him in as a super utility. Uh, they they signed their younger players to longer deals with Rosario and Kepler uh, and Polanco. You bring in Nelson Cruz um, there, and I, I think Sano is somebody who could easily hit forty five home runs this year. He might bat two hundred, uh, but he could hit forty five home runs. You get Keiko in that rotation. And they're not so bad, and they have some pieces. It's just whether or not Dallas Keiko wants to play in Minneapolis, right? And that's the same thing you were saying before about Harper. Like, the choices these players are starting to have to make around where they want to go and who they want to play it's a with. a great city. I, I don't doubt it. Good yeah, ballpark. I don't doubt it. It's cold as hell. So right. you're, it's not going to get warm until June. Right. And then it's cold again in, like, early September, right? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think Keiko is an interesting story to watch. Uh, he is, uh, we used CBS as our jumping off point last week uh, for the top 50 ranked free agents. Marwin Gonzalez is now signed with the Twins. He's uh, number 20. Craig, Craig Kimbrell is the guy here at 12 who he's going to have to figure something out. He's looking for a long-term deal. He's looking for millions upon millions of dollars. We can see by this market, he ain't getting it. And no, once he saw Dave system, Robertson yeah. and Adam Adovino's side, he's he yeah. had to go to his agent and be like, "Just give me that, just give me that wherever you can, wherever you can." The Dave Robertson he, deal, you know. He Two may not years, be an everyday closer. Bucks, I'll take it. He he just at this point may not be an everyday closer. You do still have Adam Jones and Gio Gonzalez out there. Again, we talked about them last week. You have the the three in front of their names. Uh, Jones might be somebody who becomes a late spring training ad because of injury to a team that has some upside, sign him to a year or two years and uh, hope for the best. Uh, Gio Gonzalez will sign somewhere. Is it just me or is Gio Gonzalez one of those guys where you're, I'm like, how the hell did he get to be 33 years old? I felt like I was talking about Gio Gonzalez being like, all right, he's going to be the next big thing. He's going to be the next big thing. All right, he got traded. All right, he got traded again. And now I look up and he can't get a deal because he's too old. Life comes at you fast, especially in Major League Baseball. Um, we do have uh, some more talk here on Major League Baseball coming up in the next segment. I'm going to bow out of this morning's show as we uh, have George Kurtz jumping in uh, for me. Mike and George will take you the rest of the way. Then you have George and Cam after that. Uh, the illness that has befell my household will take over my life for the next few hours. Uh, so I wish you all well as you move forward. Do not get the stomach bug, folks. Avoid it at all costs. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you don't send your children where that exists. But with that said, uh, we have a, a ton to get to here. In the end, where do you think Harper goes? What, what, like, what, where does he end up? I think it's just going to be Philly. I think he'll come to his senses. Boris will present him that this is the biggest offer on the table. It's in Philadelphia. I've done everything I can do. Uh, I can't get you to 
Chicago for $350 million. I just can't do it. They're not going to pay that. Um, and, you know, I, I picked San Francisco as an outlier. It, based on the article I read this morning, that same article we just referenced, Yep. I think Washington's out. So anybody hoping for a, a Hail Mary there, it seems like that door's closed. Read the Thomas Boswell article on the Washington Post. You'll see why. I want Bryce Harper to do a recruit reveal where he has all the hats on the table and he puts the one on uh, to say where he's going to be playing the next 10 years. I'm going to step aside. George Kurtz is hiding in to take over. Uh, Listen to George and Mike the rest of the way. Thanks so much to George for doing that. Back with more after this on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We are back on Fantasy Sports Today, and they can't keep us apart. He just said that to me during the break. Mike Blue to George Kurtz in now for Dan Strafford. I've been there, man. And the whole family just goes down, and you're the only one left standing. You got to step up. There's no way you cannot be uh, available to the rest of the family, especially if your wife goes down for the count. Like, you're just in. Like, you are... You are, uh, when Luis Severino pitched that third of an inning in the wild card game last year, it's just all hands on deck and you're the only hands. you got to come in and save it, you know. Luis throws a third of an inning and it's looking grim. you just got to come in there and save the day as best as you can. So Dan's going to try and do that for his family, George. I mean, it was great. If, uh, if you're a hockey fan, Earlier this week, uh, Artemi Panarin was taken out of the lineup. If you don't know who Artemi Panarin is, he's a very yep. good player who might be traded. And the media started going bananas, going, oh, is, is, he, is he being traded? Are you protecting him? That sort of thing. And John Tortorella, the coach of the Blue Jackets, just had enough. Just had enough of the media. And this is what his actual quote, and it makes me think of Dan, actual quote to the media before the game. He's sick. He's sick as a dog, Tortorella told reporters prior to the game. He's not eating. He's puking. He shit his pants. <laughs> he was doing everything, so enough. And that's that's what he said. He didn't sugarcoat it. He, he got tired. He just said it came right out. And it's the first thing I think of when I think of Dan and the stomach bug, and you said, we, we've all had it, man. It's yeah. uh, it's death. You're, play, you're praying to the porcelain guard one way or the other. You know, you don't yeah. want to leave the bathroom, and uh, not a good thing. So uh, our best to Dan and the Stratford family. Hopefully uh, they feel better shortly. Yeah, yeah. Tortorella is not one to mince words, so – that is not – I can absolutely expect him to say something like that. So, uh, you know, something, we need honesty sometimes in this world. There's a lot of – I didn't need that, that kind of honesty. <laughs> There's some coaches out there that won't give you the, the, the entire story. Tortorella doesn't care. <laughs> He's going to tell you everything that's going on with him. But uh, nonetheless, we do have a lot on the docket for the rest of the show. George and I are going to continue to talk a little baseball here. Uh, we'll talk baseball later in the show. The second hour of the show, so from 9 to 10, we're going to get into football. we got Emory Hunt coming on. He's going to talk prospects with us at 9.20, so about uh, 35 minutes from now. And then we have uh, 
other things to talk about, draft, free agency, all that kind of stuff in the NFL. But, George, you were listening to the show. Just want to get some really – just knock these down one by one. First of all, do you think this is a good landing spot for Machado and vice versa that the Padres made a relatively wise investment in getting him on board? Well, I mean, listen, he's a great player. Right, there's no doubt he's a great player. He did not want to play in California. Right, he wanted to play. Uh, his wife specifically wanted to play in New York, but that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I mean, it really depends. They, the Padres have the number one farm system. Or I'd say I should say this: by most rankings, they have a top three farm system in yeah. Major League Baseball. So they're going to get better, and they're going to get better in a real big hurry. The most recent now, one I gonna, saw, they were number one. To your point, yeah, they're not going to compete this season. Okay, that, that's so. People got to realize that their pitching staff is, uh, hmm, let's go brutal. All right, it's it's not good, the starting pitching staff. No matter who they add, if they were to add uh, the, the number one star that's still left out there, Dallas Keuchel, they're not ready to compete right now. The offense will be. You know, it, they can hit. Once they had Fernando Tatis, who's the number one prospect, number two prospect, I should say, Vladimir Guerrero is number one, uh, they'll be even better. All right, so we know they can hit. So he'll get called up in May to avoid get a year's uh, service. Is that you the never plan? know what these things. Uh, May would be the earliest. I would expect Tatis. He could even be a, uh, an all-star break. They, I, a lot of it could depend on maybe they do somewhat compete. But the problem for the Padres is this. I mean, Mets got better. Phillies are better. Washington's a good team still. Atlanta, St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee. And you have the Dodgers in your division. Throwing Colorado. Those teams that all might be better than you, which means getting a wild card would be extremely difficult. You're probably playing for a division. Are you better than the Dodgers? No, you're not. So this is not going to be their, their year. I mean, this is their, this is their starting rotation right now. All right? Joey Lucchese, Robbie Erlin, Logan Allen, Brian Mitchell, Matt Strahan. I mean, I, I played a game the other day with a friend of mine who's knowledgeable about sports, not in the industry, but knowledgeable, about name me a Giants outfielder. And I gave him the first Dodgers. name. No, I said Giants. Okay, got it. I can name Padres. Padres outfields are easy. You can do the same yeah. thing with the Padres pitching staff. Right, right, Once again, right, got it. who's heard of these guys? Lucchese, Erlen, Allen, Mitchell, Strahan. Stram. Lauer, Nix, Pedorma, if you want to go lower. So they're not ready to compete this year. I mean, literally, those guys I named, I'm not so sure there's a number four starter there. More or less a one, two, or a three. They got some problems. So that's why either they were to add, you, you guys just talked about Dallas Keuchel. Either they were to add Keuchel, Sure, he makes them better, but not not still not a playoff team. They have work to be done here, and that's fine. Listen, no one expected them to compete this year. I know people are asking, well, why on earth would you sign Machado if you're not ready to compete this year? Well, this does move up, the, move up their timetable from 21 to 20. So, yeah, year yeah. one of the deal, he's not going to make the playoffs. But maybe that's the next how nine I years feel he does. about it. This is like right. a 15-month plan for them. They have to get everything in order, get some of the young players incorporate into the lineup, potentially use some of those young players to acquire a pitcher at this or next year's deadline, and that's how they're building it, through free agency, trades, draft. I I think it's wise. I don't know that Machado is the right piece necessarily, but I can appreciate the way in which they're building it. So can I. I have, I have no issues here. What's that? It's a 10-year – he's going to be there for 10 years. Well, five years. He's got knocked out in five years. Five for sure. All right, yeah. so – if you're giving up year one, this is a team, the Padres, where if they do things right with this farm system they have, 
And if they keep adding, I'm not saying they got to add, you know, the, the best pitcher, you know, uh, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander next year, Chris Sale, if he gets the free agency, uh, and spend another $150 million. But if they keep adding to this team with this farm system, this is a dynasty waiting to happen. Or this is a team that's going to go on one hell of a run and be a really good team here. I mean, listen, I don't think Machado wanted to go to San Diego, but do I feel bad for him? Of course not. Not only getting $300 million, but you're playing Please. in San Diego. Yeah, Who would want to play in San Diego? Right? It's one of the most beautiful cities in uh, the United States. It's a beautiful weather all year long. You, know, you don't have to worry about freezing your butt off unless you're on the road. So uh, not certainly not feeling bad for him. But uh, I don't think that's where he wanted to go or expected to go or most of us expected him to go. I don't think that's true at all. And you heard the Chicago White Sox saying they, they pretty much, uh, if everything would have hit as far as the incentives and uh, the ops, they would have given him more money. And that may be true, but, you know, once again, he got guaranteed 300 revenue. I think with Chicago was guaranteed 280. And he's playing in San Diego over the White Sox. You know, I think yeah. that when you add that up, I think it's a pretty easy choice for me as well. Yeah. So uh, do, you, do you expect any of the younger arms in this organization to blossom? Or do you think that this is going to be a situation where they do have to go out and acquire one of the guys that you mentioned earlier? Well, you know, once again, they do have a great farm system. Uh, now, granted, their top prospects are of the uh, hitting variety. Fernando Tatis, yeah. Luis Urias. Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, though, uh, he's going to be good. I, once again, they're, they're at least a year away, if not two years away. This is the problem here. Mackenzie Gore, Chris Paddock, uh, Louis Patino, Adrian uh, Morjan. Love these names. Uh, Logan, uh, Logan Allen is one of their prospects, actually. Uh you know, they're still some time away, you know. And once again, I don't. If I'm the Padres, I think you have to realize just because you made these big moves, you're still not a competitor really this season. Don't push these guys faster than what you were going to do. Stick to your plan. And if your plan is now moved up a year to 2020, then stick to that. Yeah, like the fans that. are gonna are gonna expect more they're, because you're starting with Chino. They're going to expect you to win this season. And it's not going to happen because unless two yeah. or three of these uh, starting prospects turn out to be great this year. Already gone through the staff for you. It, it's just, it's not going to happen. Even if you add Keichel, not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. So I, I think this does push it up to next year. And I think, I think your your target date to see when this team really turns it on is by July 31st, 2020. I think that's when you're going to know. Are they going to be able? Are they going to be in a position next year to make deals at the deadline to really make this a playoff team and somebody that's building for 2020? 2020 playoffs 2021 2022 yes it ramps up the timeline that's fine but it doesn't have to be in the next six months that they're winning world series so uh the bryce harper thing i i said my piece in the last segment so i want to give you your, your chance i ultimately think that if you sign with scott boris you can't complain about the city he's going to get you the most dollars that are available out there he's done it throughout his career even though the market has turned on its ear in the last 16 months uh, Philly may very well be it. You can, you don't get to choose where you get to play. You get to choose the money. Once again, the only thing that bothers me is uh, the agent works for you, not you for the agent. You know, it's a, that, um, I think with Boris, he thinks it's the other way around here. I forget what athletes said it this week. Uh, it wasn't Harper that, uh, you know, I know Boris works uh, for me. And he's letting people know he'll go where he wants to go, maybe not for the most money. Boris is going to send you to the most money. He'll probably get yeah. you the most money. He's yeah. very good at what he does. Absolutely. But uh, I, <laughs> I agree. Uh, that being said, yeah, I've been saying it for months now, Mike. Philadelphia was nabbing one of these guys, Machado or Harper. 
You know, their owner came out and made that comment during the offseason about that they were going to spend a stupid amount of money. Well, right now, they haven't really even spent a silly amount of money. So we're still waiting for stupid. All right, the problem for the Phillies right now is I think Harper is hedging a little bit where maybe he doesn't want to go there. Maybe he doesn't want to play in the uh, – let's face it, it could be a tough place to play. You know, that those fans will get on you real quick. They'll turn on you real quick. They're really going to turn on you if they think you already don't like the city. Which Exactly. The rumors are out there. I, I think it's unfair because they are just rumors. But what are you going to do? People aren't going to feel bad for Bryce Harper that a false rumor is out there when he's hammering checks the the, the size of which he's about to get. Yeah, and Harper, uh, he, it's, it, like you said, he, if he were to sign there tomorrow, he'd probably have some damage control to do right away. Mm-hmm. He might be able to go to that college, a big smile. Oh, I love the city, you know, that sort of thing. Can't wait to play here. We're going to have a great team. All this other oh, garbage. Just to sort of play that down about the rumors, whether they're true or not. You're right. It could be just BS. The problem is this. If, you, if you're going to say no, it's, it's not Philly, who's the other team? Right. Washington's already bowed out. I mean, they left the door They left the door open a crack, but they've pretty much already bowed out. All right, the White Sox, I've already let you know, they're not as interested in him as they were in Machado. Yankees and Red Sox. I haven't made any inquiries, and they're not going to. Dodgers are no. Who's going? Giants? And the Giants would be like the uh, the Padres. Actually, the Giants would, wouldn't make any sense because we're the Padres. You and I both believe, all right, they're a year, year and a half away from truly competing. Giants, you might be have to double, triple that. Yeah. They're and on the wrong end they're, of a rebuild. And they don't have a great farm system. They've got a ways to go here. So uh, I don't know why. Because the Giants to give him a 10-year deal, which I don't know if they've ever even thought about. Originally, it was a short-term deal, which made no sense. But for the Giants to do that, you may have to give up the first three years of that deal. And you know, pay him $100 million and still you're not ready to compete. Then you're ready to go after for years 4 to 10. And he'll have, to, now he'll have an opt-out as well. So maybe he leaves at the year 4, at the year 5, whatever it comes out to be. Right. So I don't think there's a choice but to go to Philadelphia right now. Because, I mean, name me the mystery team. The uh, Detroit Tigers used to spend money, but they've already announced they're not spending money until 22. That's when they think they'll be ready to compete again. You know, Mets, they're not going to do it. Forget about it. You know, that's not happening. St. Louis, no. They already made their big uh, change. Who? I'm dying to uh, – they, they keep calling this mystery team here. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I know Joe, Joe Pispier, uh talked earlier in the week and uh, about uh, he liked to see the Yankees go after him and uh, – he, uh, made some scenarios, and I agree with Joe. The only way they could do it would be to trade Stanton, and it's probably yeah, too late right. in, the, in the season to do that. Yeah, you know, I, think, so I think Harper made some sense for the Yankees because you want that left-handed yeah. bat in the lineup. But if not Stanton's not there, Harper's definitely a Yankee. I, I'd Agreed. say that. Agreed. That's done already. It may already have been done. The Yankees would have just blown everybody away and said he's a Yankee, three hundred thirty mil, whatever. You know, there's a lot of the interesting thing is I think Bill James's comment a couple of months ago was very telling about why the market has become what it has become, where he effectively said on Twitter, which I can't believe he said this because he exposed I think what is a very commonly held um, thought process in baseball now, particularly amongst the heavy analytical employees of major league baseball teams. And it's that all of these players are fungible. If you got rid of everybody, baseball would go on and we'd just get a bunch of other guys because yes, there's some standout performers, pitchers and standout hitters, but a lot of the guys, George, the bulk of it, they're not separated by all that much. I I think that was really his point. And this is why they're not just handing out $100 million deals like they're candy anymore. 
Yeah, that's a that's a tough statement to make. He's got a point, mind you. You know, uh, a lot yeah. of people always it sucks for old school stuff. baseball fans like me, but I, I I feel like that's a very commonly held thread. Like these guys aren't separated by that much. Yeah, it takes a lot to get to the majors, but unless the guy really stinks or he's really great, they're all pretty close. And it's it's I guess it's the uh, the hidden truth, the unfortunate truth about how it goes here. Yeah. I mean, once again, yeah, your great players are your great players, but that's a very small percentage of baseball players. Most players aren't great. <laughs> Most players are very, you know, average ball players. So that's the way the game is. And this is in all sports, by the way, right? Yeah. I mean, baseball, football, hockey, basketball. Most players are average players. You know, you don't you don't get too many superstars. There's a reason the superstars get paid. Uh, now, if you want to talk about kind of weird that the entire industry seemed to figure this out all at once. And that's why free agency is down. Well, that's a different topic. Uh, yeah. But I, I do think part of the reason free agency is down is because of the sabermetrics, because of the numbers. We're sort of – James is going with this. That a lot of these players are very similar. You know, you're not getting all that much of an advantage. Even if you believe in war, even a great player is only going to give you five, six extra wins a season. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't sound like much. You know, five wins, really, that's all I get. You know, if the Phillies, if the Phillies were to add Bryce Harper, I think right now – they were the over under on wins is eighty three point five. If they were to add them, it would go up to about eighty six, two and a half points. Yeah, that's over yep. their replacement. So it, that's a, don't get me wrong. For Philadelphia, that could be a significant number because of the it National League East. But the Mets, the Braves, the Nationals—how close is going to be? That two and a half could could get you a division title here. But I think that's the problem with today's game is everyone looks at these numbers now, and it's changing how I guess how a GMs look. Fancy. I about look about how much money they're going to be handing out to these guys. Why should I give this guy $50 million more? And he's really not that much better than player B. Yeah, the irony is that the, the, they're making more money than they ever have before. There was a, a tweet earlier this week that if the Yankees handed out matching 10-year, $300 million deals, deals to Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and Patrick Corbin, they would still spend a lower percentage of their revenue on that than they would have in their 2004 season. It says a lot where finances are, and fans have bought in, unfortunately, to the fact that the owners are going to suffer, quote-unquote, under the guise of the luxury tax. doesn't make sense. We're going to turn it over to NFL after this. It's Mike and George on FST, the Saturday edition.